you know, people ask me all the time, like, dude, you've done 300 loans. How do you have time to evaluate all these people, all these teams, all these properties and yada, yada, yada. And it's about trust. It's about the right paperwork. And it's about once you've done enough deals, you understand how deals work. Welcome to The Real Deal, a commercial real estate investing podcast. I'm your host, Aman Shahi. There's a ton going on in the world right now, and much of it impacts real estate investors. The Real Deal podcast will take a look at what's happening and how it influences you as a real estate investor. Each episode is a 20-minute segment dedicated to distilling the day's most important news, so you can stay up to date on what's going on in the world and how it might affect the commercial real estate market. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Real Deal Podcast. In today's episode, we have our guest, Jaspreet Paveja. How are you doing, Jaspreet? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, you guys. All right. Why don't we start off by uh, giving us a 30-second introduction on who you are? Well, I am a real estate investor, first and foremost, <laughs> in this world, and uh yeah, before my family, before anything else comes, I'm a real estate investor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have a father of four, a beautiful wife. I live in California. I invest in real estate uh, passively and actively. And I've been in real estate investing since 2017. And traveling is my passion. Our whole family loves to travel. And just in the last three years, we've probably been to about 15 countries. So it just goes to show oh, wow. how we love to travel. And... I think overall, just just love trading, no longer trading time for money and enjoy my life overall. So what do you do now? Like, how do you not trading your time? So, at yeah, so I'm a limited partner in about seven different transactions, seven different mm-hmm. um, properties. And on top of that, I do private lending in the Indianapolis market. And I am also an active syndicator uh, with Fairwinds Capital where we now own and manage 800 units across the United States. So that part is the active where I'm still trading some time uh, for money. And uh, most of the other stuff is all passive investing, where if I'm lending the money, it takes me a few hours, you know, maybe, maybe two to four hours on a deal to vet the person, the deal, put the money in, and then three, six, nine months later, the money comes back with profits. So I don't have to constantly track the deal or manage tenants or manage GCs. And that's that's been the passive side of my life for the past few years. I've done about 300 plus transactions in the private lending space now. Wow. And uh, outside of that, it's the multifamily syndication side, which is recently became active because I was a limited partner. And then I was uh, brought on to the general partnership side. And I'm, I'm loving that active side because I'm learning, I'm growing I'm constantly meeting new people, raising capital, dealing with lenders, property managements, and just that, that's the growth part of my life that I've restarted again to say, okay, I'm now not just trading time for money and building somebody else's business. I am now a co-owner in this space and I'm building my own portfolio and, and building that generational wealth beyond just investing my money and, and waiting for it to come back. So going back to the very beginning of the journey, what was your first deal like? Was that an uh, investing as a limited partner or was it a single family? Yeah, what was that? So I think the first intentional investment, because I had homes that I bought, moved out of, 
went ahead and said, oh, let's just turn it into a rental and see how it goes. And did a couple of those before I really got into investing intentionally. And that was in 2017 when I was pushed by a very close friend of mine here in the Bay Area who said, hey, listen, you got to get into investing intentionally and you got to buy properties where I'm buying properties and that's in Indianapolis, thousands of miles away from here. So no, nope, I've got a team, got a, you know, a whole boots on the ground list of people that you can use, just get into it. So I went from zero units at the time. I had sold everything I had to uh, eight units within six months uh, and they were all four duplexes. So that was my first deal as an intentional sort of investment. And that was in Indianapolis back in 2017. And some of them did awesome. Some of them did not so good. But in 2018, I was asked as I was building a network of people that I knew and wholesalers, flippers, other investors, brokers, agents, GCs, handymen, all these stuff. I was approached by another wholesaler who said, hey, listen, instead of buying a property, how about lending on one? Mm-hmm. And I was just, what? What do you mean lending? I'm not a bank. I can't lend on a property. And uh, from that 2018 ask, I quickly rolled over, okay, I'm going to do this more often and not buy properties and deal with tenants and toilets and termites and trash. So Then um, how did you transition to your limited partnership in the multifamily? So that was, I was still at a job. I think it was 2018 that I was approached by someone that said, hey, listen, I know you got into real estate investing. I've heard you talk about it around the office a couple of times. I do the same stuff, but I'm invested through a friend of mine who runs this company. And they're buying properties local to us, so you can even go see it. How about investing in something like that that's got great returns? And I said, oh, okay, yeah, that also sounds passive. And I'm getting more about the passive stuff, so... Met the operator in person, sat down, met her a couple of times, looked at the deal metrics, evaluated the neighborhood and said, you know what, the deal makes sense. Let's go ahead. And so that was my first limited partnership investment as well. And that was local to the Bay Area. Okay. And um, what did you learn from that deal? Did it help you to get into the active side or you want to stay more in the passive side after that? Yeah, I think uh, I... Only after I'd done about five of LP deals did I feel even remotely comfortable to say I'm interested in going to the GP side mm-hmm. because as you see, and, and I didn't invest all seven into one operator or one asset class. I did uh, multifamily locally to the Bay Area, multifamily in Texas, warehouse deal in Colorado, a uh, an office space in Colorado, self-storage in Ohio and all of these are different operators through different platforms that I, somebody I met on uh, CrowdStreet, somebody I met through locally, somebody I met through word of mouth through ARIA. So it was just, I think, learning how different operators and different asset, asset classes operate, how they manage property management, do they have vertical integration, do they do market analysis, do they focus more on value add, do they focus more on cash flow, uh, how do their investor updates look, how do their distributions work out, and just after seeing quite a few of those, did I say, okay, you know what? I've got a good sense of how they generate these reports. How do the K-1s work? How do they manage their investor portals? How do they manage communication? Do they give out cell phone numbers? Do they just give out uh, contact us at whatever.com and, and be done with it? Right. So just taking some of those best practices in and understanding how they operate, 
was I able to then say, okay, you know what, I feel comfortable enough to understand this process and go towards GP side, take some of these best practices along and, and give my investors the insight, uh, give them regular updates, give them access to deal details like PML reports, uh, all that stuff, and then came over to the GP side and run them along. And it can, definitely took more than just one deal. So can you tell us a little bit about your first deal as a general partner? What was your role like? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I bought my way into my first GP deal. I basically said, uh, I got a call and I was told, listen, we need X amount of money today to close this deal because an investor backed out literally late last night. And we thought we would be able to just generate more you know, returns or more uh, equity from other people who are already in the deal, but they can't work this fast. And there would be like seven different people putting in money to get that done. And, but we need that today. And in exchange, we're happy to give you a percentage of the GP and bring you onto the team. And you already have so much investing experience. We'd love to have you anyway. So I said, okay, well, this market is not one I've invested in. This operator is not one I've invested in. And it's true today right like it's not something where i've had two two to three weeks to do my own analysis and review the data and review the om and all that stuff but how about i give you a loan to the entity with personal guarantees and i still get a gp share and they said okay well can we use your loan as equity i said you can do whatever you want with it it's a personal loan but i'm going to give it to that entity but you're going to be personally guaranteeing it and i'll buy my way into the gp stake and into the lp they said you know what if you can get it done today, we agree, let's do it. And so I still got the legal documentation done uh, because the, the closing was happening and the title company was a, a lawyer, law firm. So they were able to drop documents very quickly. So within an hour and a half, they had drawn up the loan docs, everything was signed, notarized, and the money was wired and closed within two and a half hours of me getting it. wasn't like I'd never met the person before. I had built a relationship over the past year or so talking to that team, talking about what they do. They knew I was into lending, so that's why they approached the lending side. And so it wasn't like just some Joe Schmo called me up and I gave them money the same day, but it wasn't like it was a long-established trusted relationship and you know partners on other deals. So it's just, it's taking a leap of faith with a backup plan in mind that, okay, I have personal guarantees from these people to make sure I get paid back. And I made sure that there were stipulations added that it's going to go towards this property, this title closing, yada, yada, yada. All I, I did the best I could to protect myself in the deal, got a great return for it, and then bought my way into the GP. And then eventually they said, okay, well, rather than doing individual deals, we would love to have you on the GP general partnership, like main entity side. And I was lucky enough that I was brought on as a co-owner of the, at the firm rather than just uh, you know individual stakes at individual property levels. That's a very thoughtful way to do your first deal as a GP is like, oh, providing a loan that's personally guaranteed. That's the first time that I've heard a way like that to contribute value to the GP. And I think that you over, yeah, just saying that you're by your way into it is kind of a simplification. You actually thought, of, you definitely thought this through. So I, I want to commend you for that. That's really cool. Thank you. But, yeah. Go ahead, Alan. Alan it, it was more like, yeah. We need money by today. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. that, that that's pretty scary. Like, you know, by, we need it by today. You need to do the due diligence, understand the property and everything. But you know, you have to give the today. But that was like great way that you got into GP with this yes. this route. Yeah. Yep. 
I think it's all about, you know, people ask me all the time, like, dude, you've done 300 loans. Like, how do you have time to evaluate all these people, all these teams, all these properties and yada, yada, yada. And I, it's, it's about trust. It's about the right paperwork. Yeah. And it's about once you've done enough deals, you understand how deals work. You're no longer worried about, oh my goodness, like, is this, you know, as long as it's not some crime ridden D minus neighborhood, as long as the operator is somewhat smart. And at that time, the market was just nothing but, uh, you know, verticals up, yeah. right? Like appreciation was up, rates were completely going nowhere, nothing was moving, there was no uh, risk of anything. So it was a it was a great time to get in. And I was able to leverage that to, to build my GP uh, partnerships and, and get into the GP role overall. But I would say definitely do due diligence, but have faith in yourself, trust the lawyers to do their job right, verify everything, and then take action. Don't don't sit in analysis paralysis, whether it's days or weeks or months, don't do that to yourself. Because at some point, unless you take action, you're never going to move forward. Yeah. So for your other GP deals, uh, what were your role like? Was it also somewhat similar? Because I, I, it feels like this is kind of a unique situation for your first deal. What was your second deal and yeah. third deal like? Yeah. Uh, at that point, uh, I was brought in to raise equity, uh, deal with uh, lenders because I had done so many loans. I was used to writing and understanding and reading loan docs. And so at that point, I was brought in to say, okay, well, you have net worth, liquidity, so you can be our KP and you can be the guy dealing with the, the lenders to figure out, okay, which term sheet really is the best way to go. Uh, should we buy rate cap insurance? So, you know, oh, this thing is coming into the market. They, they're talking about it. Do we need it? And it was a resounding, heck yeah, we need to get it. And lucky enough, right, the rates just skyrocketed. And, and all of our deals that we have that we bought with Bridge Debt have rate cap insurance on them. So we're protected. Yeah. We're not bleeding money every month. So it was capital raising, network, liquidity, dealing with lenders, getting on phone calls, doing webinars. Uh, I brought the marketing team to the table as well that we've now hired. So it's just, you know, you're, you're doing anything you can and adding value wherever you can, whether it's networking or, or money or raising capital or dealing with any lenders or investors. It's just make sure that you are ready to take on whatever task is needed to get the, the property under contract, to get the property under control, to deal with investors and to make sure your operation is well. So you did the 300 loans, you were LP, you were GP. When did you left your job? So in 2017, I bought my first investment property. And that was maybe August of 2017. And May of 2019, I quit my job. And you told me you had a pretty high paying job. And how how did they make that? How did you make that decision? Because if you make like at least 200, 250K, it's, it's pretty hard. You, Everybody just have like you know, a double thinking about that. Should I do it? Should I do not? Yeah. So uh, on a Thursday afternoon, I remember in March or something around my birthday, my birthday is in March. And in January of 2019 or December of 2018, I told my manager that I'm going to be taking a two month vacation in June of 2019 mm -hmm. and we're going to be gone. 
And my manager, my wife's manager, both said, sounds good. Go for it. Put it in and you're good to go. I said, okay, great. And then around March, I felt like I was just getting too much micromanagement going on. And I said to my wife, babe, on Thursday, I said, I think I'm done. I just want to quit. And she said, are you sure? Are you kidding me? Like, why? Like, they just approved your vacation. We're going. We have, you know, we're, we're doing well. And I said, I just can't. I don't think I can deal with this micromanagement moment. Like, I, I, I'm doing an amazing job. I'm getting commendations. I'm getting these awards. I'm getting, you know, bonuses. And all that stuff is happening. But I'm just not feeling like I'm given this carte blanche of, okay, you have this role. Go do it. Every single thing is getting nitpicked on. And she said, okay, well, let's talk about it. So Friday we came home after work and she goes, you know what? I think we should uh, seriously consider what you just said yesterday. Like, really? Already? She goes, yeah. So Saturday and Sunday we spent in going into a deep dive of our budget. Like, what did we spend money on? Down to the penny. Like every single dollar that was spent over the last 12 months. Mortgages, travel, vacations, cars, whatever we spent on. Everything was in a spreadsheet daycare, classes, everything we did. And then we said, okay, if you left your job and if you make even 25% of what you make now from your passive investments, which I was already doing, can we survive? And by Monday morning, the resignation letter was at my manager's table. And you'd be like, because bro, what happened? The answer was yes. <laughs> he might be thinking, yeah, they, they what happened like, overnight? What? <laughs> yeah, and they, they basically said, can you give us through April or, you know, something so that we have time. I'm like, you can take four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever you want. I'm leaving in June to go out of the country. Give me at least two weeks before that to, to calm down. So we've got about six weeks. Is that good? They're like, yeah, that works. Okay. Sounds good. So, you know, I just worked with them to give them six weeks. But after that, I was out. Uh, your manager might be thinking about, did you find any gold mine or something, bro? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But I told him, look, I, I invest in real estate and I'm going to go focus on that and live my life. I'm not going to be working. And that's it. Jasper, so if I understand, just help us understand this timeline, right? When was your very first limited partner deal? It was in 2017, you mentioned, or? I think 2018 was my first LP right. deal. 2017, 20... I bought properties for myself and doing the property management and flipping yep. and all that jazz. All right. So 2017, you kind of entered. You had, so you did, uh, you know, flips, uh, single family homes, things like that. So 2018 was your first LP deal. When was your first GP yep. deal? Uh, 2021. I think. 2021. So you, so you spent three years of like, okay, I understand. I did a few LP deals with my own money. Well, I did, I've done five or six, let's say, LP deals, and I did my first GP deal. And from your first GP deal to your to quitting your W two, when was when was the time that you you said you quit your W two? I had already quit in 2019. So 2019, I had already quit my job. Oh right, okay, wow. I was living off of. I was on average, I was about four hours a week. I was spending on work, and the rest of it, I was just enjoying my life. That's amazing. That's, so you, that's amazing. Wow. You basically yeah, said, so 2019, hey, I, 2020, yeah. and 2021, I didn't do jack. Like, I was barely spending four <laughs> hours a week on work and chilling. That's um, amazing. So, so basically, can I understand that as you used your LP's investments, passive income to basically support your, your lifestyle at that time? And to buy your time. Yeah, and yeah I bought my time back with putting money into deals. That made sense to me. That's, That's very encouraging. Wow. And what are you working on right now? Oh man, uh, managing 800 units is not fun. Oh, it's not easy. Totally. But 
uh, that's what we're spending most of our time on, and especially in this turmoil of uh, bridge debt coming due, uh, investors wanting returns, uh, some areas of the market seeing the rates, the rental rates sort of plateau and come down a little bit yeah. too. So just managing through all that is, is what we're working on now. But we've got a couple of deals under contract. We've got an eight unit in Virginia, Portsmouth, Virginia, that were that is already basically down to the studs and we did something very similar. We bought a 48 unit close by that was, I think, 10% occupied at the time. Mm-hmm. We brought it down to zero. We did everything, roofs, uh, rehab, all that stuff. And it's now up to 90 something percent occupancy. And we've already refinanced the debt out of it. So we we'll want to do that again with an eight unit. It's smaller, easier to manage. We've got a bed and breakfast we're looking at buying in St. Augustine, Florida. Nice. And converting operations into more of an Airbnb style rather than a bed and breakfast, true bed and breakfast to, to convert it into more short-term, medium-term rentals. We've got deals we're raising capital for from Florida to Ohio and just building partnerships, building stronger networks and managing the deals we have already in place. Mm. Got it. Got it. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of some serious questions. <laughs> just be ready for it. <laughs> so if you have to go back in time and restart your career, what would you do differently? Oh man, uh, I think I think my career path was fine. I, I enjoyed my life. I got to travel the world quite a bit for work, and uh, and met a lot of people, amazing people along the way. Learned a lot of lessons, and you know, I think I think I had a great time in my career. But the only thing I would do differently is I think think about investments early on. Yeah, beyond just a four hundred one k and an IRA account. Most people don't even get it. They're like, oh, I just put my money in 401k and I'm good to go. Yeah. So I think just being a little bit more conscientious about where am I putting, diverting money? Can I start a side business sooner and start getting some deductions towards my taxable income? Can I start uh, a side hustle where I'm not really spending 40 hours a week, but I can start generating some income? And how can I grow my my retirement funds tax-free at a better rate than just sticking it into somewhere with no dividends and just waiting for it to grow up until 20, 30 years. That makes so sense. I think career-wise, I was fine and happy. It's just the the parallel needs to be investing. And mm-hmm. whether it be active investing or passive investing, just make a decision sooner in life and, and become aware of all the different strategies you can leverage and grow that so that you can possibly retire sooner and, and rely on your passive income more than your active income, if you want to. And that. That, that was a really good answer. And here Love comes that. another one. If today is your last day on, on this planet, what message do you want to give to the world? Or to anybody? <laughs> I think focus on what's important. Uh, you know, since I was, since I quit in 2019, I had very young kids uh, at the time. Uh, toddlers mm-hmm. and I think being able to take them to daycares and their schools and 11 classes between the two kids a week from gymnastics to cheerleading to soccer to all that stuff I think focus on what's important so if you can focus on family your religion your your passions whatever it is whether it be traveling or giving or donating or building houses for people whatever you want to do yeah. focus more on your passions rather than just your job and and enjoy life because if you're not enjoying it you're literally just slogging for absolutely no reason yeah that, i don't care if you're making a billion dollars a week 
But if you're spending every waking day to make that billion a week, it's pointless. That, that, that's a great answer. Yeah. That is totally the right mindset. Thank you so much, Jasper, for your time. This is, uh, yeah, just very inspiring to hear your journey from the, yeah, from LP to GP and how you create your job, because that's a, a lot of people are trying to do that. And I think real estate is a really good vehicle. So thank you for setting us an example for us. That, that was yeah, great. sure. No problem. And uh, before we wrap this up, and where can we people reach out to you? I think LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, if you can find me on LinkedIn, which should be easy enough to do, just send me a message there. We can set up a Calendly link depending on, hey, just week I want to invest through you into these loans for you know three, six, nine months. Or, hey, just week I would love to work with you as a co-GP or as an LP in the year deals. We can discuss all those in, in a conversation perfect, after I perfect. get in touch with you through LinkedIn. Perfect, perfect. All right, Jasper, thank awesome. you so much for your time. And we'll see yeah. you another one. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you for joining us on The Real Deal, a commercial real estate investing podcast, the show that covers everything to do with multifamily real estate investing to help you become an expert in your real estate ventures. We're here to help you create passive income and financial freedom so that you can achieve what you want whenever you want. We'll catch you next time on The Real Deal.